Welcome back, Gameaholics, to the Gameaholic Podcast. This week, we're not really doing an indie game. We're just like kind of an old school game. And when I say old school, I'm talking like old, old school. This week, we are doing the game that some retro gamers might have heard of before called Grim Fandango, um, which came out what year, Colin? 1998. It was the year. It was the game of the year, actually. So 1998, this game came out. Um, it was published actually by Lucas Arts, which is why we're not classifying this realistically as an indie game. However, the actual game was done by Dual Saber or something like that. So they are um, again. They, I don't think they're really around anymore. They had some pretty great hits back in the day. This was a PC only game initially, um, and. We, we kind of stumbled upon this because I guess it was remastered in 2015 for um, previous gen consoles, so uh, PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. Colin, I always ask you this, always, always, but how the hell do you find this one? Uh, this one was on the Game Pass, and it's been on the Game Pass for multiple years. I never wanted to play because it, it looks kind of goofy when you see the, the at least the title page. Or I guess, yeah, the poster art for it. Um, but it's pretty cool that you find out that, like, LucasArts was actually the publisher and developer. Yeah, but, like, it's by, like, dual whatever. Because I remember when I logged in. They probably in, bought them. They yeah, bought that them. would make sense. Because like, But, yeah, crazy. Like, LucasArts published this. Obviously, Star Wars in the 90s was huge. Like, when this game came out in 98, Metacritic gave it a 94 to 100. Ooh, that's crazy. That's like huge. Like every single like review score but, gave it 4.5 at least or 9 out of 10. And I mean, I mean, hear me out. So I remember you were at my place last week. We did a beautiful barbecue. We recorded our pod last week on Road 96. Um, and we were just like looking at games. You're like, I'm going to play this Grim Fandango game. And we watched the trailer. And you, the trailer shockingly dialed you almost instantly. And it was about Glottis, I think, correct? Yeah. Him saying, "My, my name's Gladys. My name's Gladys." Yeah, and we're yeah like, you nailed that. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, I was, I, I will be brutally honest, and you know this. I was very hesitant to dive into this game. Yeah, Luke was scared. We were sitting on the couch. I'm like, "This seems hilarious. I want to play." And Luke just didn't want to. Well, okay, okay. Play. First of all, dive so in. let's let's also let's let's also call this out. You got it on. You got it for free. You got it on the house. Um. I absolutely did not. Yeah. I had a unbelievable... What was it? Was it 20 bucks? Sorry. I'm going to also just jump in real quick. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, you know when I said, like, it was the game of the year? Yeah. It's kind of like a scratch. Okay. Okay. So, here's what it said. Awards. Won several awards after its release in 98. PC Gamer selected the game as the 1998 Adventure Game of the Year. Okay. The game cool. won IGN's Best Adventure Game of the Year. So, it was Adventure Game of the Year. Because, like, if you... I said that, and I googled best games in 1998, and it's like the fact. Okay, so here you can make it better. Um, like like looking at other games from 1998. Yeah, yeah. For like the context, like I said, best games in 1998, and uh, the the list is kind of aggressive. Where I'm like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have just like blurted that one out. Okay, what else? What else came out in 1998? The Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time. Oh, yo, that had to have won best game, by the way. But anyway. it was it was ninety nine out of one hundred. Okay, yeah, yeah, that, and then okay. and then Half Life, two or one, one. Okay, ninety six. 
Wait, that came out in 96? Oh, no, 96. No, like 96, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Grim Fandango was 94. So that was third? But it was six on the list. Like, Metal Gear Solid was also there. Which Metal Gear Solid? The first one. Holy fuck. (laughs) 98 was a year for gaming. Yeah, and also, this one is Gran Turismo was also up in there. But Gran Turismo was there because it's a racing game. Yeah. So you don't really count it as an adventure game of the year. Random question, though. You know what else was in there? You know what it beat, actually? What? Banjo-Kazooie. Banjo-Kazooie got a 92. Do you, you want to know something really interesting? Um, talking about Banjo Kazooie, the graphics and the characters in this game reminded me a lot of Banjo Kazooie. Mm. Um, you know what else it beat in '98? What? Resident Evil Two. Wow. You know what? Like, here's the thing. Um, when I think of 1998 and I think of video games, um, I, 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 I and Fallout. It beat Fallout Two. Yeah. But, like, I just think that when I think about video games in 1998, um, I, I didn't realize we had this many bangers. I think just kind of by the sounds of it, 1998 was, like, kind of when a lot of these, like, massive games started coming out. Like, it seemed like 98 was almost, like, I don't want to say, like, the birthplace of gaming as we know it today. But, I mean, you called out the first game in several series that came out in 98. Ocarina of Time completely changed the landscape in the um, Nintendo world. Well, Nintendo originally his big like landscape jump was '96 with Super Mario. Six, right, of uh, course. '64. But then, I mean, Ocarina of Time really doubled down on that. Where yeah. you find that is more of a, I mean, obviously Super Mario is one of the best games ever made. But like at the same time, I I don't. It is an adventure game, but it's different. Like whereas I find Zelda is open world, whereas Mario really isn't. There's that main world, and then you go into the different paintings. But like you don't actually get that full open world adventure experience that you see in um, like Ocarina of Time. Yeah. Regardless. Well, this um, game's very linear. In this itself game is too. very linear but, in itself as well. But it's a venture, and they said even it was quoted by a few actual um, critics. Critics saying this would be an amazing movie, and, it, I, and I agree. So I guess I guess because I don't know like Grim Fandango. Um, is a fandango is a dance between two lovers is what mm-hmm. I googled and that's what I've learned that it is. Grim, obviously, as we know, what the word grim means. So it's almost like a, a grim uh, reaper. Yeah, dance. like it's almost like a death dance is realistically what they're calling this, and it makes sense because this game is based in sort of like the purgatory, I would say, between life and death, like kind of that middle ground between. After you die, limbo. You're in limbo. Li- yeah, exactly. You're in limbo. That's that's a great way to say it. And you're kind of figuring out where you're going. Um, but it is set to a Latin American theme with the Sugar Skulls, the Day of the Dead. Um, everybody there has Latino accents. Um, it's 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 a very interesting. It is a very interesting setup. I I will a hundred percent agree with you. Um, and you know, I wouldn't it, say everyone's a Latino accent. Like a, true. Couple, a couple of them are like the 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 New Yorker. Yeah, yeah, that is true. But I mean, like for example, the main character Manny, Latino. Yeah. Um, the main Meche, Latino. Yeah. But like the demons are almost New Yorkers. Yeah, because they're, they're like the noir style, like which is what they're aiming for. Totally, and like, like that's the, like the '30s, like typewriter, like like guns, like Tommy guns, like almost like Godfathery. And it's funny because I talked about this in um the previous week's podcast with uh, Billy, where um you know we're talking Jedi Survivor. And one of the things that Billy and I talked about in Jedi Survivor that I had a bit a big problem with in the game, and I think I've mentioned this to you, um, was the difficulty that I saw in Jedi Survivor, just in terms of like what that average difficulty looks like. Fuck me, this was insanely hard, but it wasn't hard combat wise. This game was this game is almost like playing an escape room game. 
right? Like we, a couple weeks ago, another really great indie game that we checked out that if you haven't listened to the pod on it, definitely jump in. It's called Oxide Room 104. And essentially what this Oxide game is, is it's almost like a bunch of mini escape rooms. You go into a room, you have all these puzzles, you get all these items and you have to find a way to make them work and solve the puzzle. But what Grim Fandango's done is they, they do something very similar where there's the items and everything like that, but they make it what, 200 times harder? Like, it is... This, as a standalone puzzle game, probably one of the hardest games I've ever played, I think. And I don't know what you would think about that. Like, as, as a puzzle game, like, as... They give you no fucking hints. They give you nothing at all. And you just kind of go in there and you need to solve it. Which, like, I, I like, but, like... And I you've talked about this, I've talked about this. I used a guide for a lot of the game because... Like, I would try it out, but I feel like I would not get anywhere. Yeah, I used the guide for, like, primarily the whole game. Mm-hmm. And that's and I think that's fine. I think it's crazy looking back on games like that, back then at least, where, like, guides weren't, like, super big. Like, you had to buy it manual. Totally. To, like, kind of know how to do things. And um, it just, like... They're, they didn't really, like, I think there was, like, parts of it where I was like, oh, that makes sense. Like, it clicks a little bit. But there's a lot of it where, like, you're like, I don't know what I'm doing. And then you'd have to pull up the the the, the strategy guide, and it literally would tell you how to do everything. So so I'm uh, on Amazon right now, and I've actually found, because I when I was younger, I had an Ocarina of Time walkthrough guide that was published by whoever. I have just found the Grim Fandango Prima official strategy guide paperback for 76 dollars. Yeah, i mean clearly at this point it's a collector's item versus anything but it even says solutions to all puzzles it even says in-depth descriptions of all environments in the land of the dead and detailed walkthroughs complete lists of items so it's just like it's unbelievable that people were actually going into this game and like buying these guides which again i completely understand and it's something that i would absolutely do um, because this was a hard, hard, hard game to deal with. But um, yeah, so like the the actual solving of the puzzles was super hard because it isn't like again your characters even like really talk about things to like help you give you a hint. There is no hints. Yeah, so there's no hints. You're just kind of put in there. Like for example, um, one of the cra- so one of the one of those wild puzzles um, that I thought in the game was when you need to put two balloons in the mnemonic mail tube to blow up the reactor. But you're like, okay, we'll have to get these balloons. So you go to, you find this clown like down the street and you talk to him and you're like, oh, my kids want balloons. Okay, I'll make your kids a balloon. What do they want? And you have to ask for quote unquote two, like a dead worm balloon because it's just basically an empty balloon. And then you have to do a, and then go back and say, my kid wants another balloon, another dead worm balloon. And then you go in you have to fill those balloons with different colors of goo, which makes no sense to me. Because there's no, there's two different types, and they react together. That's why they make the. And then you go into your office, put them in the mnemonic mail tube to blow up the whatever. Just like, and it was. Yeah, yeah like like finding that out on your own. How how did people find that out on their own? Yeah. Like, were gamers just smarter back then? I think so. I think you had to be. Water temple, everything. You know, like, yeah, I, I think it. <laughs> This might, this might be a really controversial take, but, like, I just think now it almost feels like we're babied as gamers. We are. And the thing is now is, like, we're just, 
it's I wouldn't say baby. I would say like we just have so much knowledge that we can we just know that at a press of a button we'll find something on YouTube or like the internet and boom it's in our hand we have that knowledge. No, That's why it dumbs us down as humans it, yeah, in a in a greater very, screen. So we don't valid. we don't all just like find out new things and learn of it. We're just like oh I want to know what the 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 peak of Mount Fiji is. Okay, thanks. I know in a second now because I can yeah. Google it. So I think that's more of us just being like playing a game from 98 where I think there was a lot more like strategy when you played games as a kid. Because I remember not even as I, a kid though. Like I'm sure this, like Grim Fandango is it rated M for mature. Uh, I think it might be a teen. So, but regardless, like I'll tell you what, like I wasn't playing that game when I was that age. I mean, no, but we played Conker's Bad Fur Day. We didn't have a manual. And that game, uh, that game is like kind of doesn't really tell you where well, to go Well, that game's either. linear though. Not really. I guess that's fair. But like Banjo, kind of not linear, but yeah, sort of linear. No, but ban- also Banjo is kind of like also like a open world like but Zelda. E- I feel like easier than Grim Fandango. Yeah, totally. Because you weren't doing puzzles. Yeah, exactly. Unless you had to do a water temple. But again, the puzzles or, were just... Or you had to do like an actual temple like to get out of a room for Banjo to move on. Like there is small things. Like Conker was like picking up rock men and throwing them down and stuff. Remember that? Yeah. So like yeah. there is... There is that concept to it, but like man, this one was just like, hey, I picked up a, a screwdriver. That might come in handy later. I don't know. Sometimes they don't, I feel like, even. Like, uh, maybe, do you think you use everything that you pick up? But there's also things like, for example, um, when you're in the second year, and the, the whole point of this game is you're following Manny Cal- Calavera. Manny Calavera. A cow. They call him cow. No, they call him Manny. They call him cow sometimes. Oh, right, because Calavera. Yeah. Um, so Manny Calavera, you follow him as he basically tracks down this woman that he wronged by accident, um, cause he was a death salesman to get them to the afterlife, which is really cool. Um, the world building in this game was beyond incredible for me. It was actually like, um, kind of almost like a step. Like I, I was, I was, I took a step back being like, this is legitimate. Like this yeah. is, it's, it's- so, so in this world that they created, it's like Manny's playing as a grim reaper, but the grim reapers in this is like not killing people or going to the... The world, like, your times now, it's now you're, like, they're, pulling you out yeah. and you're, like, like, hey, so I'm going to try and sell you a travel package. They're literally to travel try, To try and get you to, yeah. like, whatever. Yeah. And and each, there, there's four, quote, unquote, years, and each year, basically, it skips ahead each year, realistically, right? Like, you get to a certain part and then it goes, like, one year later, aka year two, and then you play, and then it's, like, one night of that year, and then it goes a year later. Yeah. And then it's, like, you play a couple days in that, and then it goes a year later, and then it ends, right? So, actually, the game takes place over four years, which is pretty crazy, which also is the amount of time it takes to walk from the from the afterlife, or from life to, basically, the afterlife, right? Four years is, like, what that trek normally is, unless you get, like, the tickets. Yeah. Um, the storylines were intense. Like, I can't, there's a lot of twists and turns, and just, like, a lot of, like interesting trophies that popped up i found i found that the trophy um tracking was really almost easy you're ra- you're realistically to get every trophy there's some that are more nuanced but you just really talk to everybody all the time yeah and then you get like one prompt of it and also the, the the achievement will be called or the trophy will be like we called what he said whatever right? the person says and like there is some deep like one thing i will say about that game is there is some deep um like comments like some some really deep things to say in here i'm trying to find one right now but like it is like unbelievable some of the things that they say um and i'm still looking for it so you'll have to bear with me here but like there's one that really stuck with you yeah i'm trying to find where it is here but again it just looks like here 
Like, it's just creepy. It's like we're all citizens of the same nation and our king rides a pale horse. Like, what? <laughs> and like, you know, there's Manny, we've given up. All of us. Like, it. some of that stuff is just super deep. Because you see these people who are basically stuck in this beyond in this middle world because they either have to pay off their debts and you know it bothers me you never find out what Manny did to have to pay off debts to get that job there because we but can, he doesn't either yeah I know but that's my point we never find out but, Manny but he, I think it's because he got trapped in it because he's supposed to get a gold ticket too no he wasn't yeah he was are you sure he has one at the end that's why he gets on the train I thought he got one on the train because he paid off his time because he rescued all the gold tickets oh maybe um but like there's I mean you know finding out that they're doing fraudulent gold tickets crazy yeah um and just finding out that your gold ticket so a gold ticket basically gets customers on this like express train that takes like the two, number nine no, yeah the number nine double N or whatever they call it um and it takes them straight to the afterlife and like I guess people were getting scammed out of it. Uh, it's like this whole racket. It's like this whole like like you know like Mexican style like mobster type thing. Um, it was it was really cool. Godfathery. Godfathery, but set obviously in like like Mexican culture and stuff like like Spanish culture and yeah. stuff like that. Um, and when the skeletons die, that was for me the most beautiful part. And like how like when they kill somebody, basically it's gonna be um, like the um, flowers. So when, like, you kill one of the, quote-unquote, like, skeleton men or skeleton people, they sprout. I sprouted yeah. them. Yeah, I, I like that the best. When, like, you, instead of killing, like, I'm going to sprout them. And then they, like, it's when you get shot and you die, like, you turn into basically a bunch of flowers. And one of my most, one of, one of the most beautiful. Which I think there's probably, like, an actual term for that in some sort of culture, right? Because they, they, that's a thing that's been built, right? What would you call that? I don't even know. Like, I mean, I know that, like, on Day of, like, Mexican, like, Day of the Dead, right? And, like, they talk about Day of the Dead a lot, right? Because, like, people are allowed to go, quote-unquote, visit their relatives um, in the living world, which I thought was really cool as well. Um, but, the again, the the whole, I think that's one of those beautiful scenes. I'm going to try to find a picture of that and maybe post it on our Instagram with, like, a call-out to the... It's a real holiday. And sell, oh, yeah, like, Day of the Dead's massive. Yeah. I know, Day of the Dead's massive. Day of the Dead's huge. And it's really, really interesting. Um, because they believe that, like, again, the spirits of the dead will come and that's the day that they're allowed to visit um, people. Like guns, that, Typically, it's in November. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Um, there, there's some really cool, like, again, uh, Latin America has, like, some amazing culture and, like, it, you know, oh, you're smiling. No way. Okay, so I, I guess this, like, just shows how lack of knowledge we know a little bit. Yeah. But, like, Manny Calavera. Yeah. Well, traditions conducted with the holiday include honoring the deceased using calaveras. And monogoli flowers. What are calaveras though? Does it say? It's a type of flower, I think. Yeah. Oh my god, a calavera. Representation um, of a human skull. With with decorative. Um, wow. So that's his last name, which is funny. Now we didn't even know that. So, so that's see, we like, there. Uh, you know that that's amazing. That's so cool. Um, I just think also like kind of jumping around a bit though, like the level of beauty that they were able to achieve in this game is incredible based off of what the graphics looks like. I mean, obviously we had it up for us, so I'm sure it looked a little bit better. But one of the parts that has stuck with me, like I said, is when you go into kind of the mortuary and you're talking to the mortician and he's looking at the two dead bodies and they're spout, sprouting these like un amazing, beautiful flowers. I feel like it's just such a powerful image of like, 
it just it just to me feels like such a powerful image like you're going in and you're literally like wow like you know life and death but like it's the opposite but they make it beautiful but but the opposite right whereas when you die it's dark it's dead it's nothing but when you die when you're already dead it becomes life Oh, wow, yeah. Right, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. that just blew you away, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why it's so interesting is when these skeletons get killed in this game and they get sprouted, living flowers grow from their bodies. Yeah. Because it's like the opposite of dying. It's, like I said, I don't know. It's I think there's a lot of um, comments on society and comments on life throughout this game, right? Totally, yeah. And we talk about kind of the ending where... What Manny says is, I don't. He gets on that train at the end, and he goes, "I don't know where I'm going, but all I know is we need to enjoy the ride." Which I think is just sort of a overarching just life. Yeah, just enjoy life. You don't know what's gonna happen when you die at the end of life, so have fun. Go on that trip to Arizona, you know, or like go 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 to Egypt or do do whatever you want to do because realistically when life ends you don't know what's going to happen so you need to make sure that you live it up and just enjoy the ride baby and just enjoy the yeah so i i think that there's some really profound comments and profound conversations and just like things that come up in this game um and i know we're talking a lot of good but i want to jump into the bad now as well because there is definitely some bad in here um I think the Let fact... Let me just preference it for a second. Luke, two times, his game froze, and he had to restart a year, so he was very upset about that. First of all, not just a year. So first thing I was going to say is, since this is a PlayStation 4 game and I was playing it on PlayStation 5, I think that might have been my issue. Um, but really big issues. My game, for example, and I don't know why yours did, my game never auto-saved. So there was never... The, the remastered version on your end was 2015 minus 2020. I don't know if that played into it. It may, Maybe... Like, I just, I had to manually save all the time, and if the game froze, and I'm not used to, who's used to manually saving anymore? No one. So, when the game froze, and I had to turn it off, I lost two years, not just one, two. Because I was almost done year two, and I had to go to the beginning of year one. And then it happened again, and I was almost done year three, and I had to restart it, it year didn't, three. It didn't save after the year ended? No. No autosave. Wow. Oh, yeah, I guess. Yeah. yeah. So it was, that was really frustrating. So I can basically say I played this game twice, but that's not the bad I wanted to get into. There's, there was some actual like bad that I wanted to kind of talk through. And I think, I think one of like the, one of the biggest issues that I sort of had with this game as, as a whole was realistically, like, I feel like some of the, some of the storyline almost felt rushed, which confuses me because I think they put so much effort into having a good story that there were just aspects of it that just, like, felt rushed. Uh, can you elaborate? For Absolutely. Um, the fact that all of a sudden, when we start year three, there's pirates attacking the ship, everybody's dead. You split the ship in half, the ship sinks right where you want it to, which makes zero sense to me, and then you're breathing and walking normally underwater. Okay, well, I can debuff a lot of that for you. Okay. So, the... Year three, you start, and you're landing basically at the town you want to go to. Yeah, and the pirates come. And the pirates are... No, they're not pirates. They're customs officers. Yeah, but then you find out from the little pigeon that's saying, hey, like, these customs officers are actually undercover. They're going to try mm -hmm. and sprout you. Yeah. And then you go inside, and your whole team's sprouted because yeah. they're already on the deck. Yeah. So you and Glottis run into an area and lock the door. Yeah. 
you have break in half because you leave that and you split when you split the ship in half the ship that part that you're on has the, has the engine i know so and also the map where you said like oh we're actually have to land here and you go with glottis i didn't know there was a map yeah he had a map he pulls it out and shows that like, we gotta land here it's like an island and then you get to that spot and it sinks but how does it make it there because it's it has an engine it's running he has the engine on his side okay but then like no how can they breathe underwater they're dead they don't have lungs they just, they just can't swim that's why they okay, sink but the, like, how you're so deep in the lore i don't even know what to say that's insane to me okay. <laughs> they explain all this the other part that made no sense was when you just and, and obviously glottis is a demon so he doesn't need to breathe but the other part that you just you drive to the island to rescue meche meche mm-hmm. and all of a sudden domino's like you work for me now and then meche's like you work for him now and i was like what that felt like a miss too when you, you wake up in your office yeah he knocks you out i know but he says you work for him yeah yeah you're gonna run the, the ship now because you can't leave because you can't swim okay but like wh- why would you work for him you wouldn't, but he's saying, like, basically, either work or you just sit here and do nothing. Or I kill you, basically. He's like, I could have killed you because... He... Because he's letting him walk. No, because like... no, the other guy wanted him to get killed, and he's like, I'm, I don't want you to get killed. He's like, I want you to run this while I leave because I don't want to be doing this. I want to go back and sell. Uh, again, I understand that. But why does he think Manny would say yes to that? Because he has Meche. He was trying to, like, sell him on He's like, oh, you got your girl. You can just hang out here. And, like, and it was nuts that he basically was like, Meche, you're banging him. Like... Because was she hooking up with Domino? No. She was just she was just with him, and the only reason she like knocked him off the ship is because she was trying to warn him not to follow. Yeah, I know. I remember that part, but like, I just I feel like maybe I I, feel, I was paying attention the whole time. I just feel like I missed like you I missed yeah. a lot. I clearly. Well, no, I still don't think that I still think that, that part to me at least is very confusing. Like what? the meche, like not the meche, but like the we are working for me now. Like I'm gonna give you control of this while you like while I leave. Like that makes no sense. Yeah, he's like you can just stay here forever, eternity. Yeah, that makes no sense. He's, he's, being, like, he's being a good guy. Domino. Yeah, kinda. No, he's like saying you can't leave this prison. But, but I'm you, letting you, you run the whole thing. Yeah, basically. He's like, I know you can do it, so do it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so he's just like, oh, you work for me now, hey? Yeah. Like, that's weird. Well, if, if you're gonna send on any hill, saying like makes no sense, every how it's <laughs> how every single like place he goes to, he becomes like the boss. Well, yeah, that is also very confusing. And in yeah. one year, he completely redoes everything. Yeah. Well, no, that's Gladys doing that. I don't think that no, because Gladys is a mechanic, so yes. the ship makes sense. Yeah. But not his massive casino he built in a year. Yeah, he's still a mechanic. He can build up stuff. I guess so. So yeah, at the end of every year. You start, for example, end of year one, you start in like a little diner and it turns into like a five story beautiful casino and lounge. Hotel thing. And yeah. then you get on the boat, and then at the end the boat becomes like this luxury speed boat thing. But at the end of the third one, not really. But I feel like can you, I say well, one, you're running you're running the show with all those like people waiting for you. But can I say one thing that's kinda nuts? I feel like there is a massive story we didn't get to see between the third and fourth. Yeah, totally. Right? I like I agree. Because you're like, at the end of the third, you escape from Domino's clutches and you go in. But then at the end of the fourth, or at the beginning of the fourth, you like are see them like walking through like the desert and stuff like that. Like him and like eight different people. And I don't even know how he's getting all these people. Are these the slaves that he freed from Domino's thing? But he didn't really free anybody on that ship. It was just the Angelitos. No, he, like... Um... He freed the two kids. He freed Meche. Then he, I thought all like the people kind of came up from underneath. Like, well, no, because like 
Domino, sure. like, but because the Domino didn't attack them until afterwards. Yeah. So, like, I thought they would have wanted to get out there as fast as possible. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I mean, regardless, regardless, you're right, though. Like, the him becoming a captain or making, like, this massive thing after a year every time, I'm like, how is this guy so good at selling himself that he, like, earns his way up every single time? Um, and then, you know, obviously the ending was... The ending was okay. I didn't mind it, honestly. I didn't mind the ending. Yeah. Um, but like you said, it ended up kind of turning into a love tale. Like, the whole thing was sort of, he falls in love with Meche. So I feel like the, yeah, like the year three to four, like, transition on the ship, they had to, like, fall in love, I guess. But they don't really specify how but they... But it also kind of hints he's in love with her in number two, though. Yeah, but I get that. Like, you maybe see love at first sight type of thing. He even asks her in the first episode, he's like, he's like are you married? I don't see a ring on that finger. He's like, I don't see any flesh either. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was good. Yeah, that but was like, good. But like, but she's saying like how she's like this the... like, very like innocent, like and apparently attractive person, even though it's skeletons. And then Manny's all in. Like, I also don't know how they kiss, you know? They just mash their fucking bones <laughs> their together. T- their teeth. Yeah, they're just like, <laughs> not even like that. It's just like this. Trying to bite her lips, just biting teeth. <laughs> biting the chin. Like, and then, you know, you find, um, I, there's also all those people that you kind of bump into multiple times throughout your adventure, which I like, like, you know, when you go in there, you kind of sell insurance to about three or four different people. And then you kind of run into them along the way. I love the little, the little, um, short guy in the coffin and he pops out. He's like, oh, you gave me was this coffee mug for four years. And he like throws it at you. He's like, Give me a magazine or something. I also didn't... Okay, back to the didn't like conversation. I didn't like how they were like, Gladys is going to die because he didn't ride... He didn't ride in a car for for a couple months. Like, what? <laughs> he couldn't ride in a car before. No, he, but he's always building them. Mechanic. But he was, didn't he, he say... He didn't get to build for a couple months, basically. Or like, or like work on cars. And I didn't like the goodbye to Gladys at the end, which I told you about already. But Yeah, he hugs you, though. I get that, but he's just like... Did you think he was dead? Claudus? Yeah. No. You did. I know. I was broken for a minute. When, when, no, I, like, it was so... It wasn't emotional enough, I think, to be like a real death. Like, they just pretty much like, I don't need you. And he's just like, I thought he was going to shoot him. <laughs> sprout him. You can't sprout a demon, I don't think. Well, what can you do to them? I don't know. You can't sprout a demon. I guess so, because you need to be like bones, I guess, realistically. Yeah, so he just opens the catch door and you see him just fall off like the... Waterfall? Yeah, but... Like, that big water pool? I thought it was over. I didn't think it was over at all. I was like, no. no he, like, that, that would be the most anticlimactic way to kill a main character, is just, like, push them off a waterfall. Yeah. <laughs> that, would be, that would be ridiculous to me. The, um, the dialogue was so good, though. The dialogue was, like, incredible. Yeah. I, I feel like Legend of Zelda, again, standout game, incredible game, but, like, it didn't have dialogue even close to this game. And like you said... Do you want to talk about, like, the ability to pick what you say and, like, how that just kind of feels like that was, like, one of the first games to have the technology to even do that? Yeah, I know. That's the one thing I, like, really was astounded, I guess. I was very interested in the fact that, like, it just blew me away how, like, in-depth some of the, the options were for dialogue. And, like, the nice thing was, like, you didn't have to always, like, say everything. No, not at all. 
Like, like it almost was gave me like again, like it wasn't like at the end of the day there wasn't like one or two options like kind of like a Witcher where like you can choose multiple options to finish a conversation where you actually had to probably click that one option to like maybe like get to where Agreed. you be. But I still like it how you could like kind of do a little bit of like investigation. And like ask them more questions than just the one you needed. And most of the time when you did that, you'd get the achievement That's anyways. What yeah. It, so you kind of need to do it if you wanted to do like the trophy hunt. But like I think at the end of the day, like it just was so good. I was so interested in the conversation. Hence why I think most of those critics back then said this could be a great movie too. I mean, it would be, I mean, it's a love story. It's an interesting setting. It's all that kind of stuff. I think but back in the 90s, it would look terrible, obviously based off the CGI stuff we have now. So I feel like nowadays... I'm maybe, but I also think in the odds again, I almost think like at the same time, like it's, we're playing the remastered version yes. and they really didn't even like try to remaster it. Cause they no. just, they gave us literally the carbon copy of the PC game from the late nineties. Cause but, it wasn't, it was a PC game. It wasn't a, it wasn't a I, console. I know, but can I actually say that they did increase the graphics slightly because I, so one of the times when my game was frozen, um, I was like button mashing a bunch of different buttons and it actually changed it to original graphics. I didn't know you could do that. So you can actually, in the remastered, you can change it to what the original looked like. It was way worse. Not way worse, but it's like, it's like literally like a step down for sure. Okay. So it definitely looks better. I mean, it's still, I think the animation style though is part of what gives the game its charm. So I think they didn't want to go too far away from that. But, like, it reminds me a lot. Even Glottis, like, his face not even being a full circle. It's, like, cubes with, like, it's, like. <laughs> you, can see the, you can see the lines where it, like, cuts and, like, moves. Yeah, ex- yeah, exactly. Like, he almost looks like a rhinoceros when he's not supposed to. I think yeah. he's supposed to be more of, like, a circle, like, face. blob face. Um, I think he's supposed to be, like, a fox or something. No, really? I don't know. I mean, he was nuts. Like, yeah. he was absolutely. He had, like, a little bit of hair, too. Did yeah. you notice that? I like his like eyes. <laughs> I love I love when his eyes go bloodshot. Yeah, which is like a when he's drunk. Yeah, when he's but like there's that like interesting little like again there's those interesting little things where it's like his eyes go bloodshot and you're like, oh my god, like that's insane that they had that detail back in '98 that they were actually able to go in and make bloodshot eyes. There was just. I feel like you're right, though. I feel like there was a lot of good. Um, the game crashing was really rough for me, but I, I found I, I just found that there were some story inconsistencies and just kind of like parts of the story to me that just felt either rushed or like we miss these massive parts, which I understand they can't show everything, especially in a game from the 90s. But like it just feels like some of the story parts were unfortunately lazily written. Um, did you have any, I mean, like, I know we're going to ratings eventually, like probably pretty soon, but like, do you have any like just general negatives that you had thought about the game? I know you talked about obviously like every year he would somehow make whatever he was doing turn into an overnight success, but like, is there anything else that you can think of? Um, no, I would say like this game is just fun, man. I had a fun ride. I enjoyed the ride. I know you were a big fan. I didn't think there was much like negativity towards it. I think the only thing I would say is like, regardless of what year it came out, I think the fact there was such a lack of like maybe where to go next, like really it was like, um, I think that was more frustrating than anything else. Of course. But I think the the, the actual cut scenes, like it was almost like a movie actually though too. Totally. And I really enjoyed the characters. I really enjoyed the background. I think they are all different and all like, there was levels to and layers. It wasn't all the same recording there, copies. There was also absolutely no combat, right? Like, I mean, there was very little. 
Like, I mean, you didn't ever need to fight, realistically. It was always just trying to, like... You did fight Domino's a little, Domino a little bit. Well, you, you kind of just try to, and then you just have to, like, sneakily figure out a different way to make things happen, right? Like, it was... It, this game This game is a full-blown entire puzzle game. And, I mean, the craziest thing, it, it was mostly for me, at least, in year two. But year two was a bit overwhelming for me, I think. And I don't know if you felt the same way. There's, there's a lot going on in year two. And it was a massive map compared to every other year. And I liked it. Yeah? Yeah. Year two for me, I was like, oh my God. The bees. So have, like, the bees were cool. The bees were, yeah, the bees the were work, really cool. The work bees. And starting, making them start like a union revolt and all that kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah. yeah, that was pretty neat. But like just for me, I was I was actually taken aback. I was just like, this is like almost too much. Like I have to walk literally probably five minutes to get to this building. Did you finally figure out how to run though? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was huge because I think if we if there was no running, I think this would be a fucking grind. Well, so I mean, the other thing is I got all trophies in the game except for one, and I I know you did this, so I'd love to. So there's this weird trophy called like complete the game in tank mode, and it says like Tim made us do this. I don't get what it means. There's probably like a developer or something, but like you tried doing tank mode, right? I you didn't s- do it. But you said you turned it on. Turned it on for a minute. And I said like, no. What is that even like? Can you like you know how a tank moves like? like that oh it was like that so if you walk if you push that way you'd only walk that way you can't ever like turn how do you turn though you'd have to stop and then move down that way no way yeah so i was like i can't do this i mean i feel like after now we've done now that we've done the game if i wanted the platinum on it you could do it pretty quickly that's what i was thinking because you know what to do now you can be like okay i'm gonna go to this guy so frustrating probably to do that though i can imagine like I, i feel like though it's one of those things that you would get used to you know like I feel like once you get used to playing a certain style of, like, combat or controls, like, it makes it, like... And then you switch to another game, it's like, whoa, this feels super weird. Totally. So, I mean, do you want to jump to the ratings? What are you thinking? Yeah, let's Anything jump in. else that you got to talk about? No, let's jump into the ratings. So, Grim Fandango. Characters. Characters. Do you want to start this time? Yeah. Okay. Seven. <laughs> Can you do that? No. Okay, five. We'll go max. Okay, and any thoughts on that? I, I think, like, just the level they're all at is so, like, every single character, like, was very, like, developed properly. I think they're, like, all had their own, like, little, like, quirks and different things totally. that they had that, like, kind of built them. And at least you understood what they were and who they were at the end. Even the minor ones had, like, their own, like, little bit of, like, well, character development. I love Chapito. Cool. Yeah, Chapito, for example, is an old man that was just lost under water and then you finally take him to where he needs to go and i love when you're talking to him he's like he's like that is a moon silly you can't get there like the whole time i also love yeah he goes follow the moon on your right moon's always on my right that's how i know i'm going the right direction it's like um the moon moves buddy like that's not and it didn't move it's just a light that he just and then at the end of the day where you follow him and you find him and he's just walking in a circle in the pond he's like farewell captain i was like oh my god it was so sick um yeah he, he was sick but yeah definitely i'm going five as well and then for background, what did you have? Because you've seen it twice now. The background was, like, amazing. Like, yeah. I, I have to say the background was, like, incredible. Um, just the ability to, like, just how interactive everything was. Like, there, there's so many things that you could do and, like, you know, just figuring out, like, how to use items or how to find items in the background. Like, we didn't even talk about, like, the... Um, metal detector security woman and how you have to like drink the like beer with gold or the alcohol gold shards in it like gold schnapps or whatever yeah and then you can like 
you get you tested get, by her and then strip search just yeah. so you can get the metal detector and listen. It there's so much going on. I think this this whole game is um, reliant, I think, on how the background operates because in the foreground there's really not much going on. Yeah. So I'm I, I think I'm gonna go for a, a big five on that, even though I had to you know play it twice. Yeah, I do too. Five. Five as well. Yeah. Hey, uh, what do you think on sound, my friend? Sound. I don't think there there's music, but like I don't think I don't really rem- recall it too well. I think I'd just do two point five like up the middle. I don't think it was like super like changing. I think the one thing with the sound that was kind of cool is when you go up to the land of the living, and like the people look fucked. Yeah. And and the fucked people like you could scare them when you scare them it makes like a big like like <gasps> piano drop. Yeah. Which is yeah. kind of cool, but like besides that, the music was pretty like. I, I would agree. The music kind of got repetitive at certain points for me when you're like walking around and it's playing. Like it, it was kind of the same stuff. Like I think that they should have either switched it up or cut it down a little bit. But did, did you do any of uh, like the poetry? Yeah, on stage. Uh, yeah, yeah, I did. The poetry was great. Um, one of the things I'm sort of backtrack, Colin. But one of the things we need to talk about on the characters that we didn't really focus on is they got some big names for actors. Yeah. Um, we didn't really talk about that much, but like, I mean, they're they're. I say big names and like they probably be, you know, yeah. And like if you see them, you'll know who these people are. Potentially for me going in there and like just being like, oh, who who is this? Like I, I didn't really know. But now, I mean, we got some great people. Like for example, you know, we're looking at um one of the people, Ugly Betty. I think he was a pretty big um he was a pretty big actor in the main guy, correct, Colin? Yeah, his name was uh Tony Tony Plana. Plana, yeah. And he, he was, he's a, he's still acting. He's a good actor. I've seen him in stuff. Totally. And then uh, Maria Canals Barrera, um, and, who and, was Meche. Yeah, and she was on George Lopez. I'm pretty sure she was. And she was in Wizards of Waverly Place. Oh, if that, you ever that, played oh, that, that or the, watched that's, that, that's the mom. That. Never mind. It's yeah. not. It's not George Lopez. She's the I, mom. I she's the mom. She's the mom in. Uh, she's the mom in Wizards of Waverly Place. So if anybody's ever watched that, um, she was the mom. The mom in there. Um, but realistically, a lot of like great, great actors that are like you know kind of B list. They've been around the block. They're they're kind of around and, and just doing some great stuff. Um, but yeah, like it was just the super impressive. Oh, and then sorry, one of the ones I wanted you to talk about was Spinelli was in this game. Yeah. So if you ever watched Recess as a kid, Spinelli from Recess had a bit of a voice acting role in here as one of the uh, angel kids. Yeah. Right. And her voice, I find, is so unique that it just cuts right through. Yeah, like I heard it, I'm like, I'm like that voice is someone very familiar from our childhood, and then I realized, oh, it's Spinelli. I actually so thought it was, it was cool. like I said, I actually thought it was Nancy. Yeah, Cartwright. Pamela. Pamela. Oh, it was Pamela. Adlon. Adlon. Oh, okay, and she was uh, a Pugsy, and she, she was, was obviously the uh, re- the, from Recess, right? But she's known for obviously Recess, but she's in a bunch of stuff now. Yeah, too. like she looks like she's a big, just a big voice actress. Yeah, realistically. she is. Yeah. Uh, and just the fact she's from Recess, unreal. Sorry, I wanted to just jump that in. Um, replayability, I'm going to maybe shred Oh, she's it. Sonia and Big Mouth, too. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. But so... Um, oh, she's uh, Sandra and Archer, which is a show you like. Only oh, four yeah. episodes, though. Oh, that's, see what I mean? Like, So she's been... Def- she oh, has, she's, she's uh, 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 in Bob's Burgers. And she's in Rick and Morty. Do you know that person? Oslin Benner? I don't know. And Teenage Girls. It looks like she's just been a bunch of different people. I mean, you can definitely pick her voice out. It's pretty, uh, yeah. it's pretty easy to pick out. Um, but replayability for me, definitely, um, it would be a very different. This is one of those games, like I said about Oxide, where, but I mean, Oxide makes you play it a bunch. But like in this game, I find the replayability hurts because you now know how to solve all the puzzles. Like this game for me suffered from this thing where it was too hard at the beginning, 
and then it's too easy to play again. Yeah. Would I consider going in there and crushing one more time on that tank mode just to get platinum? I would consider it. Like you could probably finish this game in about five hours, I think, if you speed ran it. But how long do you think you honestly put into it? About 10, 12 hours to finish the game? complete the game yeah i'd say like six seven. Oh, okay yeah so not super long um you know like i'm gonna give it a two on the replayability scale like even when i was like replaying pretty much the entire game just based on the fact that i had to restart from the save points um there was like a lot where like i sped through because i knew it was going on yeah i give it a two as well because like you could probably get back and play it again, I think, like, but it's not something I'd like want to. Yeah, fair. Maybe maybe to pat platinum if you wanted to get like the the tank mode, but that seems like just a bitch. Totally. Um, story. There were I think Luke was like there were some flaws. I knew probably everything about it at that point. I was just throwing him facts. Yeah. I want to say it's a four out of five. I think the story was pretty well done, and obviously if it people are saying it could potentially be a movie, it obviously has to have a good story behind it. Um, and the concept just super interesting. Like I already talked about how like you're basically a Grim Reaper, but Grim Reaper's job in this is just basically a, be a travel agent, get people to buy these tickets, and then they'll they move them on to the next step of their life where they're going to like the afterlife. Um, but at the same time, like th- that's not the main story now because then you lose your job, you have to go through all this stuff. It's only like the first like yeah, not even the yeah, first year. Yeah, right? and then yeah. you're you're just trying to go through and find Meche and do all this stuff. But along the lines, you see all this crazy stuff. Like you have to blackmail a lawyer. You have to go to a cat race instead of a horse race. Yeah. Okay. You have to. Like the- you have to. When you kill the final boss, you have a good plan of shooting the water tank so it shoots out the sprout like mist and it kills them. There's like so many layers to it. I love the. I love the when you're at the casino and like you can like pour coffee on the. The actors. Yeah, that that was pretty crazy. Like, that was, there was yeah. just like cool things. Glottis as your driver was really fun. The screaming beavers on fire, just to show how like you're kind of in hell almost. Yeah, like, kind of. In limbo. Yeah. You're in some, some and then weird. like the spiders that have like bat wings. There's just so many characters and like things in the story that you have to go and conquer is really cool. And I think you take away the whole like, oh, I got to find things. And like that part's annoying with like, walkthrough. But if you really like break it down to the story... It just it's so well done. I thought, like finding out how like you run the casino, you become a ship captain. There's just different levels to this guy's life in the four year span where he's making the journey too. So then why are you giving it a five? Because it's still like it's not a perfect game. Yeah, and okay. it's hard to give a story a perfect five. I just think the game itself like there's there is some things that you have questions for like why is Manny a travel agent? Like what do you do wrong in the yeah. in, in life? And then like why does he become the captain of like the ship like how does he do that like where's the original captain is he still there is he not like he's dead obviously but like why did he get that why did everyone vote him to be the captain like during that year or just like how manny climbed to owning a casino instead of being like a janitor at a restaurant yeah like there's just little things like that maybe you could love to like like find out a little bit more of but like at the end of the day like the characters the the actual like steps and like story they built to try to get you there and that the ending is you're trying to get on that number nine tick. How nuts we didn't talk about this at all. How nuts was the the train when the thing decides to go to hell? Yeah, yeah, that was crazy. And it just opens up a, a just the train turns into a, a dragon, dragon and it goes yeah, right yeah. through into the fire. That's yeah, nuts. that was cool. That was really yeah. Crazy. You see like you see Nick the lawyer on there and stuff like that drinking his martini going Stop. right there. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. To so me. I think that stuff's crazy. I think that's like 
that that was really cool to me. And I think the story just there's so many le- I think there's so many layers le- 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 layers to it. But at the same time, there is some things that aren't there that you would wish to know, which is I think is why fuck like kind of takes out that five. And I I'm gonna give it a three. Um, I think the story was good, but I also think the story didn't really. I think, to be honest, I think the story didn't really flow a lot of the time. I thought that there just seemed to be these weird breaks in the story and these weird sort of, like, gaps and these weird sort of, like, stretches in the story that realistically didn't make much sense to me at all. Uh, Which is fine. Like, I totally get it. But, like, it it just... The story for... Like, for a game from 98, though... Like, it deserves all the praise. And, like, we're comparing this to games that have literally been made in the last six months, some of the games we're talking about on here, right? Like, when we look at Jedi Survivor, which we didn't rate, but, like, realistically, like, we talk about games like that and we compare this game from literally, what is it, 25 years ago into this. Yeah. We have to give it some credit for what it pulled off. So even by today's rating standards, I've dropped this at a 7.2, which is a very good score, I think, all around. Um, my my kind of key summary takeaway on this is I think that I think that the characters were the shining light of this. I think that the interactions between the characters, the voice the voice acting was incredible. The voice acting beats a lot of games even today, in my opinion, just in terms of how the voice acting went. Yeah. Background puzzle solving, very cool. If I didn't have a guide, I think this game would have taken me six years to beat. Like I don't think I ever would have figured out what to do. A lot you probably of would have got, I would probably would have played it. Mm-hmm. It would have been it would have been way too challenging. Which I think again speaks volumes as to what today's gamer looks like versus what the gamers in the nineties looked like. Um, but that's sort of my overview. Is it worth twenty bucks? I would say absolutely. Just make sure you're doing a lot of manual saves on your PlayStation because the last thing you want to do is lose it. Colin, what about you? What's your last kind of thoughts? What do you would you give this out of ten? I gave it a seven point four. So we we're pretty almost close. Like Very similar. pretty pretty similar, like only point two off. So at the end of the day, like I think like it was a really good game. I think it's fun. I think again, like if you want to challenge, you could play it, but obviously yeah. at the end of the day, like you just you could just walk through it and then still enjoy the ride. And that's it. I think would you spend twenty bucks on it? Yes. Yeah. What What is your? I I love asking this question. What's kind of your minimum spend or maximum spend? Like Maybe twenty dollars. Okay, you wouldn't go higher. You wouldn't do like a thirty dollars to this guy. No, it's, it's fine at twenty for how old it is. Like you for know, how old? Yeah, but I'd, I'd even say like it should be like a ten dollar ten dollar game probably. You know, what? story holds up. I'll say that. Yeah. Yep. Um, as always, thanks so much for tuning in. Um, we're back next week with a little more indie content. We're going to be talking about a wonderful game called Dredge, and I can't wait to talk about it. Dredge has got a amazing score on steam uh fishing sim a lot of really cool stuff going on there a lot to talk about so we'll be back next week back in our indie world with the black salt games uh dredge catch you guys next week peace Sun is rising, here we are. I didn't think we'd come this far. I just feel it. This is truly where I belong. Making my way down Ocean Drive. I know the people pass me by. I know they feel it. Yeah, they feel the way.